Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we're returning for another What Are You Reading episode with my very special friends over from Tencent Takes, Mike and Jessica with a K. What's going on? Oh, my gosh, with a K. Yes, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> yes, of course. I think you were the first person other than me to call that out. That's great. Really? Yes. Nice. It warms my heart. Now we're going to get a bunch of questions about if it's Kessica. And I mean, I guess that's oh, just no. my lot in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like every time I talk about like you in groups, I'm like, yeah, Jessica with a K. Like, it's just the natural thing just because of listening to the show so much. It just flows. Yeah. That's Ugh. great. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so, so if it's not obvious enough, I love your show. It makes me so happy. Every single episode includes a story about a very strange comic, and I am here for it every single time. Well, thank you, man. We we love your show, too, so that means a lot coming from you. And, you know, we, one of our favorite episodes was the Super Pro, or NFL Super Pro episode yes. that you guested on. That was a blast. So much fun. That was so fun. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy when you asked me to come on for that, and then you were like, and we're going to cover Super Pro, and I was like, yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> yeah and then my partner illustrated you as super bro oh that was so cool i love that <laughs> what a wild ride that was though there's so many weird things about that book <laughs> yeah and we got fabian Nasiza uh, to actually chime in on twitter about it too it was great <laughs> yeah that's so cool we've peaked y'all no <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Tencent Takes? Yeah, absolutely. So Tencent Takes is a podcast about weird and silly moments in comic book history. And we do quite a deal of swearing as well. So it's it's good, clean fun, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a family-friendly show. I learned the F word when I was in second grade. It's fine. There you go. And then something fun that you're doing right now, too, is kind of going into the history and how it relates to like comics and D&D, which has been really cool. So do you want kind of want to give people a, a little preview of, of what you've been going around with that for? Yeah. So this actually kind of wound up happening a bit sooner than expected because you mentioned that you were doing a Vox Machina episode. Mm -hmm. So we decided to to move that up the schedule so that we could have a little bit of symmetry with you and and throw people your way um if they wanted to hear more D&D <laughs> more D&D content. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um so basically the last couple of episodes we've been doing has been focusing on the early history of Dungeons and Dragons in comics. The first episode that we did, we covered the realm which was basically a proto D&D comic that, I mean, it's, it's a D&D story, but it just doesn't have the official branding from an independent publisher called Arrow Comics. And we were really fortunate to have a guest from our local tabletop gaming shop, uh, Goblin Bros, on the show. And she was wonderful and added so much great perspective about the history of D&D as well as just kind of a really, a really lovely well-rounded perspective that we're super grateful for um and then last episode which i don't know when this episode is going to drop so but but the last episode 
that we have that we have put out um focused on the first official Dungeons and Dragons comics, which were graphic novels adapting a series of Dragonlance novels. And our next one, which is dropping next week, is focusing on the series Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which DC published in the late 80s. And then kind of, you know, doing a, at the very end, kind of a cursory look at where D&D is now in terms of comic book presence. So cool. I, yeah. I, have, I have had so much fun. At this point, I've, I've listened to the first two episodes of, of the trilogy. They're both incredible. <laughs> I On free comic book day, pretty recently, I was super excited because uh, the comic shop that I go to, my LCS, they do a mini con every single mm-hmm. free comic book day. And I messaged, I don't know if you saw it, Jessica, but I messaged in to, to the Tencent Tanks account a picture of the first trade of the realm that I found on that day. I did see that. That was cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I was so excited about that. I picked it up and I was like, you have got to be kidding me because I had just listened to the episode. Synchronicity. Mm. It's it's interesting. It's really hard to find out. To, or it's really hard to track down the whole series now because, um, you know, it, it bounced between publishers and, you know, the, the circulation probably wasn't too good by the end. But it's and it's for the most part, it holds up pretty well. We we generally enjoyed it. We had we had some caveats. <laughs> we we had some yes. asterisks to our enjoyment, but it was pretty yes. good. <laughs> yes, everyone, please go listen to this trilogy of episodes because the how do I how do I even phrase this? The part that starts to discuss the issues with the realm are hilarious. <laughs> the the content that you're discussing isn't funny. The way you discuss it is hilarious. I mean, I think that was all Jessica, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a walking asterisk, okay? That's just what it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, I loved how when we got to you, you just sat there and you said, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. For good reason. <laughs> yeah, for very good, good reason. reason. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, now that our listeners know a little bit more about your show, how about we just dive into Mike and Jessica with a K. What are you reading? Yeah. Um, well, I'll kick it off because I am going to continue the tradition of talking about a black and white comic that that has been in each of your What Are You Reading episodes. Yes. Let's keep it rolling. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising no one who knows us. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first book that I'm going to talk about is a comic from the late 80s called Baker Street, and it's by Guy Davis and Gary Reed. And Guy Davis is the artist who actually penciled The Realm, which, as we mentioned, is the the comic that we talked about in our first episode about the history of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, this was one of the first, if not the first, comic to come out of Caliber Comics in the late 80s when Gary Reed spun it up following the demise of Arrow Comics. Mm-hmm. And the first books that Caliber published were The Realm and Dead World, um, because they were Arrow's most popular books and they wanted to continue that on. But Baker Street was, I think, I think it was the first title to come out like that was like fully original, but I'm not entirely certain about that. It was all around 89. And it's basically a Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper story. In. But it's it's very different from what we're used to. It's set in 1980s punk London and Holmes and Watson are women this time. And their name Sharon and Susan. And Sharon 
is extremely queer coded. And then it's also pretty cool because this England, World War II never happened. So the cultural values and the class system from Victorian England are still largely in place. And this is a murder mystery where Sharon and Susan are going after a serial killer who's operating in the punk scene. But, you know, the cops don't really care about the victims. And then the cops aren't so much incompetent like they were a lot of the times in the original Sherlock Holmes stories, but they're like super corrupt. And, mm. you know, it's a, uh, it's really fun. It's, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm picking it up and reading a couple of pages at a time and then letting it digest. And then I'll read a couple of pages more because Davis's art is really detailed and the story itself is super dense and, and I don't want to miss anything. Um, but it's, it's just, it's so good. And there, it's only two graphic novels. Um, they're out of print, but you can pick up the first one online for like around five bucks, give or take. And then oh. the second one runs a little bit more. It's like, you know, 10 to 20 on average. Um, I actually, I managed to find a seller in Canada who was selling the 2008 limited collector's edition that was actually signed by both Reed and Davis uh, when it was published. And it's like super slick and it's, it's really, it's really pretty. And um and it's actually, it feels a little extra special because Gary Reed died back in 2016. So like, this is something that I'm definitely taking with me to my grave. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm, I'm a sucker for collected editions now. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, it's a sickness. What yeah. a neat premise. Well, I love the gender yeah. swapping and the queer coding. You know I love the queer coding. <laughs> <laughs> what, on our show? What? Ooh. No. <laughs> gay shit no, what no that that sh that never shows up on our show no no mm -mm. that and feminism never shows up no yeah it's a good thing we're not feminists god <laughs> be a shame a darn shame but but yeah this is definitely one we're going to talk about eventually but um i became aware of this comic because i was reading the realm and then doing research on caliber and i was like oh this sounds badass and then i <laughs> You know, looked it up and I was like, oh, it's three dollars on Amazon to buy the trade. I might as well pick that up. No, that premise sounds incredible. Anything, anything Sherlock Holmes or Jack the Ripper related, 100 percent in every single time. Yeah, I am. I am a huge Sherlock Holmes sucker. And the other the other thing that I actually really like about this is that the character of the of Sharon, the, the Sherlock Holmes stand in is not insufferable like she she she's a little bit more human seeming and she's also not as unbelievably un, like you know observant like Holmes would sit there and you know note all these clues but it was like okay come on did you really notice that and Sharon is a little bit more of a tried and true detective and she's thoughtful and she uses kind of like logical conclusions which I dug too sweet I I yeah. absolutely want to read that now yeah I'm I would love to hear your thoughts on this later on. Yeah, I got to find it. All right, Jessica, you want to take the next one with your uh, recent reading? Oh, absolutely. So this one was actually suggested to me several times by uh, my dear co-host, Mike. And I just recently read through The Nice House on the Lake. Yes. Which is new to this year. And it is it's uh, so good. phenomenal. It's so good. It's so cool. So cool. I, 
it's like you start reading it and you have no idea because it, it all seems pretty normy. Like it's just a bunch of people like meeting up at a house, la da 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 da, and then just immediately like right after that like I know the first time I talked about it I had like they were just meeting up and Mike was like you sweet summer child you have no idea what's about to happen (laughs) (laughs) so it was was so hard to to not spoil that for you because I immediately got off the podcast and I started reading it like three pages in like my eyes were as big as saucers and I was like what is happening (laughs) yeah this that comic goes zero to a hundred real quick it's so good though are are, are we allowed to do spoilers I guess go I guess fast forward fast forward if you don't want to hear this I guess um so I'm making this this (laughs) this I'm giving this energy on your podcast yes um so I'm good you're good with it. Perfect. So I I love that I feel like this this where well, let's just call it the alien creature who's brought all of these people together. Let's be real. I, I think he's trying to form like the perfect little human cohabitation with all of these different players. Um I, I had to think a while on it to kind of get to that part of it. And like it's interesting to me because he's really cultivated all these people throughout these years and throughout these different places to get, I think, exactly the mix that he wanted. Um and even then he was still further cultivating them because at one point like one of the the women was like oh, he's left all of the books that he suggested that I read that I haven't yet, like, in this house for them. And it's like, you're still trying to, like, cultivate these, like, this collection of humans that you've been, like, growing, basically, which is kind of wild. And, like, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's nuts. The whole thing is nuts. Um, I, I need to go purchase, because what, I, I don't even know, like, there is there more to this? Like, I just have the trade paperback. Tell yeah, me, it's Mike. still ongoing. Okay, so I, I clearly need to go talk to Brian and get caught up and then just start reeling them in. Yeah, I uh I can't remember what issue they're on now. I just I every now and then when I when I get my poll list, I'm I'm excited to see a new issue in there. Yeah, I think it's gonna be twelve issues, right? Because each each issue is a sp- particular symbol and there it shows that was my understanding, symbols. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> I yeah. want them. I want them all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah. see though, because th- this series has been so popular and and very well received. So I'm curious if once they get to like the twelfth symbol, if something's gonna like reset or they're gonna continue it in a different way. Because mm. like I can see them if they've had this idea of a particular story to say to share within twelve issues, or they could be like, okay, people like it. Here's this other story I had kind of tucked away to do a sequel to so i guess we'll see what they do with it yeah Yeah. i mean james tinian is you know he's the one who's writing this and he did something similar with something is killing the children where he created a spinoff series for the house of slaughter so i can see it happening i don't know we'll we'll see where it goes um i'm sure that dc likes getting money right now so you know (laughs) you know this is america as we've been discussing prior to this. <laughs> but yeah, that, that story. So you have like a very like alien horror, like a lot of body horror stuff, surprisingly in there too. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Like a lot of really graphic, like end of the world in progress shit. Like your friends and family, like suffering their doom kind of shit. It's, it was, it was heavy at times for sure. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I liked about the characters though. They reacted in ways that I feel like normal people would have reacted which sometimes in comics, people just do like the weirdest things. You're like, a person wouldn't react this way. A hundred percent, these characters feel real. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was that one, the one woman who was really depressed. And I was like, damn, that is relatable. Like I, that might be the the route I, my mind would go just because I kind of tend down that direction anyway. There's absolutely a character for each personality out there within the story yeah yeah it was it's super well written i just i i highly recommend it i know mike had to talk about it like four times before i went and picked it up but (laughs) 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 at least i was able to get the trade so (laughs) there you go that's the nice thing about modern books they usually get printed together in a collected edition yeah i mean that's the challenge that we often run into on our show is that a lot of times the stuff that we're talking about, they're not collected anywhere. They're not available online. And so we have to, you know, we have to scour the internet to find loose single issues and then read them. And it's, it's frustrating at times. Yeah. Gotta love eBay though. (laughs) Yeah, it is helpful for sure. We ready for, for my first recommendation for reading or what I've been reading? I'm so excited. I've been waiting all night for this. Please. Yes. I just finished the fifth and final issue of The Last Ronin. I have had so much fun with this series. So if you don't know, The Last Ronin is a story that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird developed in the 80s when they were working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you don't know, they are the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They developed this world that was set in the future where everything was kind of apocalyptic and there was only one Ninja Turtle remaining out of the family. This series is an emotional roller coaster where you have to witness one by one the main characters within the Ninja Turtle mythos being picked off by, well, someone that's basically taken the position of Shredder, who is a descendant of Shredder, and things are done in the most brutal way possible. This this story, it, it took a long time. And, and I feel like I'm kind of coming full circle with our podcast on this because our first episode ever was TMNT. And mm-hmm. we discussed this story, which had just been announced at that oh, time. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's really funny. And so just this last week, the final issue, issue five came out and... I just, I really enjoyed it. it. It was a great story for any Ninja Turtle fan. And it's, it's kind of hard to tell those stories where like you kill off the main characters, but the story ends on a sad moment and then also a very hopeful moment, which I feel like a lot of fans of the series will truly enjoy, but the art is fantastic. You have the story that was literally developed by the creators of TMNT, as well as bringing in Tom Waltz who is the writer that has been a part of the IDW Ninja Turtle run, which is absolutely phenomenal. I don't even know how to say it other than it 
it is one of the best reads in comics right now. It's just the modern TMNT stuff from IDW. So much fun. But that, that's the first thing I've been reading recently this week. And I, I can easily say I am happy with how the series ended. Man, I keep going into my my local comic shop and like being like, hey, is is five out? Did I just not get an email about it? I didn't get mm-hmm. an email about it. I need to go talk to them because <laughs> I should that's my my last one. I definitely it's on my pull list for sure. So, yeah, I've just I thought I just had like not heard about it or fallen off the pull list or something. I got all paranoid about it. <laughs> Yeah, that was literally that was like your favorite comic of 2021, I think. Um, uh-huh. When we did the yep. the best of the year for comic book couples counseling. Yeah, no, it's it it's really good. <laughs> I highly recommend <laughs> it. Yeah. So I'm just now I'm I'm like, good thing it's like 9 p.m. because my local comic shop is not open at this point, so I won't <laughs> just be leaving immediately. <laughs> yeah, if, if, I just if, run out if, of but... my little. She, like all of a sudden like it's just an empty <laughs> an empty window on the screen <laughs> it's just my no, comforter if, and you're all like what's happening <laughs> if if you have enjoyed the first four issues you will really enjoy the fifth one oh, i'm losing my mind oh i'm so excited yeah i really enjoyed the first couple of issues um i haven't kept up with it but i think they've been they've been coming on hoopla i think so i've been reading them that way because oh, i'm very cool i'm not as much of a tmnt fanatic as jessica is but i've definitely enjoy that series yeah so good i'm i'm happy to hear you you share in my obsession with tmnt jessica listen i have ninja turtles literally like hanging up in my kitchen so yes just just turtle keychains just hanging there because i'm that big of a dork <laughs> mm-hmm. i i i also want to throw this out there if you have never had a chance to meet kevin eastman do it because he is one of the nicest creators I have ever interacted with. And I've met him multiple times now. Such a nice guy. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. Now, is it Eastman or Laird who sold out before Nickelodeon bought it? Oh man. Eastman. (sighs) Yeah, it is brutal. So if you, and that, that story, I think they included in the, the toys that made us the, the Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that story is brutal. But again, I liked how that ended on like a really nice moment where like they came back together and then he was asked to come back and be like a uh, a consultant for the ongoing TMNT stuff at, you know, under the Nickelodeon banner. So, you know, he's he didn't get that super big payday, but it's still doing okay for him. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out in the end. And he there the lines at cons for him is always consistently a mile long just because like he is one of those people that he's one of those creators that people just share stories about of how nice of a person he is and so other people are saying oh i want to go get my book signed by him i've never heard anyone that has had a bad interaction with him because he takes the time with every single person that comes to his booth and like surprisingly long amount of time but somehow still a short enough time to make the line keep moving along. He perfectly balances it. Wow. That's hard to do. I feel like very. So I have some cool stuff signed by Eastman. (laughs) I just, I love hearing stories like that about creators, like all the stuff that came out from other creators about Neil Adams 
there were so many wonderful stories and it was the same with George Perez, you know, all that. Yeah. It just, it makes me, it always makes me sad when we lose someone like, you know, an industry legend, but, but it also, it's really nice to read all those stories from people. 100%. As sad as it has been for, like we knew Perez was going to, to pass away for quite a while because they came out and announced it. It had almost, it had almost been like a year, I think, since they had announced the terminal pancreatic yeah. cancer. And during that entire time, people were just outpouring all of this love and the stories that they had and constantly sending messages of love and appreciation to his social media accounts, which his family members were sharing with him. They, they, they got Marvel and DC to agree to reprint JLA Avengers so that mm-hmm. they could raise money for Perez. I'm I'm still mad they only did like 7,000 copies of it because I really wanted one, but Yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm hopeful that we'll get another printing of it. We'll, we'll see, but I'm just glad that they were even able to do that because we are also part of like that paper shortage that's going on. So even yeah. getting the amount of issues we got was probably a miracle just because Marvel and DC can never agree on anything nowadays. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Understatement. Like, well, yeah, especially now that like they've got massive corporate overlords who just don't want to cooperate with each other. Yeah. It's like they want to pretend like if they made a new amalgam series that it wouldn't make a bazillion dollars. Right. Like mm. just just give me the crossover with Miles Morales and Virgil, aka Static. Give me my crossover. They need to team up. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That is yes. constantly that is constantly my recommendation for Marvel DC team up story because they would be best friends. It's not even a question. They would get along so well and their power sets go together because Miles can freaking do that electric sting punch thing or his venom sting and freaking static has electricity. He could supercharge that for Miles and they could do cool combos and oh, let me write the story. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, hear me out. Booster Gold and all of his like friends with Conan yes. the Barbarian. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Like like basically Booster and Conan like run into each other and then ultimately like I just want them all to bar one night where Conan and Barda try to drink each other under the table. I think that would be <laughs> the best thing ever. Yes. And like Conan unabashedly hitting on Barda in front of Mr. Miracle. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I just want to see like a bunch of DC people like completely mock Namor, the Submariner. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you y'all y'all have no love for Namor after I your episode, freaking... Namor Aquaman <sighs> episode. Nobody likes Namor. Namor doesn't like Namor. Um, look, man, you didn't have to sit through that fucking miniseries. Like it was so bad. <laughs> it was. Oh my god! And, I get no, and that I... animated cartoon. I just, I'm having like flashbacks of the theme song, like in my brain right now. It's like, this is a, f- a visceral, visceral experience right now. Oh my right. God. Cartoon and air quotes. It's a motion comic. I feel like I'm watching the trauma go across <laughs> Jessica's eyes in this, in this video as she talks about this. I'll, I'll be right back. I need to, <laughs> I need to get booze. <laughs> putting the sodas away. <laughs> All right, now that we got the trauma out of the way, let let's do our our second our second round of what we've been reading. So Mike, you want to hit us with that second one? Yeah, sure. Um the other one is 
Well, it, it kind of goes back actually to, you know, warring rights and, and, and issues like uh, with, with getting, not being able to get collections because, you know, things got complicated. So I have talked on, on my show and I know I've talked with you about the character Death's Head and how he mm-hmm. is pretty much my favorite comic book character ever. Like he's this time traveling robot bounty hunter. I'm sorry, freelance peacekeeping agent um, <laughs> who first appeared in Transformers UK uh, but Marvel pulled a thing where basically they had one panel comic that <laughs> that they put in other comics, and that way they were able to be like, no, 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 he's one of our original characters. We're just letting him appear in your comics so that Hasbro didn't own the rights. And then he crossed over with the Doctor from Doctor Who. Like I think he was flying through space and actually like collided with the TARDIS. Incredible. And then he got stranded afterwards in the six one six world or six one six timeline. And then he's bounced all over time since then. And back in 2007, Panini Publishing took all of the existing stories with this version of Death's Head because there's been a couple of different incarnations. And they published all of them into two volumes. And then back into like, I bought it right around that time. And then I had those books at my parents' house and they moved and they moved in the middle of the pandemic. And so like, I didn't realize that the books were still there. And I was like, no, it's fine. You can just give away anything that, you know, I haven't taken with me at this point. And then when I went to go replace them, I learned they'd gotten really expensive, like in the, in the past couple of years, like the only place I could find them was on Amazon and sellers were asking for minimum $700 for the first volume. And, and like I spent years looking for that book. I had friends in the UK on the lookout for me. Anytime I bought something from a UK seller, I'd ask them about it and, you know, never got anywhere. Like all the UK comics groups that I'm involved with were also like, I would occasionally like just kind of, you know, pepper them with, with the question asking if they'd seen it. And then a couple of weeks ago, someone on eBay listed it for like 30 or listed both volumes for $35, you know, plus shipping. And so I wound up a snapping that up in like, I think a half hour after it got listed and then B winding up paying more in shipping than I did for the books themselves. And so I'm rereading it because like the thing is, is Marvel put out a collected edition of all the death's head comics back in like 2020 and it's fine, but it's missing certain key issues from his own series because it features the doctor and like, you know, so, and one of the really nice things about these volumes is that there's this symmetry where one of the first stories is him running into the doctor. And then later on you see him, like the doctor is at this bar at the end of the time, at the end of time. And he sees death's head and he's like, Oh, I gotta go the other way. And it's, (laughs) it's kind of that, that nice, you know, full circle moment. Um, And so I'm, just got those in the mail about a week or so ago and I've been rereading them and it's it's like the soothing balm it's like finding that one thing from your childhood that makes you really happy and uh and it's a blast so that has been that has been my second thing that I'm reading yes that's so cool so cool should we should we spoil the fact that we're going to be doing a death's head episode eventually together <laughs> I think we've talked about it enough on Twitter publicly that it's not really that much of a surprise. But but yes, we are totally doing a Death Head episode. Yes. So for those that don't follow us on Twitter, look out for that Death's Head episode coming eventually. 
<laughs> TBD on mm-hmm. date. I am so excited <laughs> about this. Like so, yeah. so excited. And the nice thing is they actually, I think, just recently put his core series mostly minus you know the key issue that i mentioned on marvel unlimited sweet yeah as soon as you described what death's head was and you said transformers and doctor who i was sold i like that's so cool (laughs) yeah it's one of those things where i i really enjoy how a lot of the brands from that era were able to to like kind of you know mix and match it was like a lot of these different a lot of these different companies would let their properties play in the same sandbox like rom space night or the micronauts you know um or transformers like you know the early transformers issues have marvel characters like i think spider-man shows up in the third issue mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah that's uh that's not a thing anymore and it makes me sad and it's really hard to find to find those those comics now because they're they're getting up there in years and they're harder and harder to come by and in a lot of cases they're just they're not collected because the rights are complicated and so new readers aren't able to find those stories yeah so just uh a word to the wise if you find a comic book with a weird crossover in your dollar bin section pick it up (laughs) snatch her on up that is what to do. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jessica, you want to share yours? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I had picked a while ago, arguably a while ago. I picked up volumes one and two of Paper Girls. And I really didn't. I, I literally bought it off of Vibes. I saw the covers and I was like, yeah, that looks sick. Let's pick it up. And I was not disappointed. But <laughs> talk about some more like alien twisty bullshit like we got time stuff going in here we got people running into their future selves you got clones it's this story is what there are pterodactyls there are (laughs) giant blimps that look like they came from some sort of a gothic castle like the the whole thing is nuts and i (laughs) that's literally like I, i it was crazy. It's a crazy, crazy ride. And I highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I haven't I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's so good. And you know what? They're quick reads. Like I literally read them both today. I'm four pages from the end of oh, the wow. second volume. And they're just little baby things. Hmm. So yeah. 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 I isn't that like um it's Brian K. Vaughn, isn't it? The guy who did Saga. It is, yeah. in fact. And then I think it's been optioned for like a TV show or a movie. I can't remember which. Oh, well. Look at me getting ahead of the curve this time. There you go. Just specking over there. Mmm. <laughs> Someone call Jake. <laughs> uh, yes. Amazon has. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, Amazon optioned it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Then. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, Paper Girls is set to premiere in late 2022, and filming for the second season is set to begin in early 2022, according to Wikipedia. So Dang. get on it. The art is a trip. <laughs> oh, the art's so good. I, I read the it's first couple so of good. issues. I liked it. Okay. If you get far enough into it, there are giant 
cannibalistic tardigrades, just massive ones like <laughs> kaiju sized. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you put kaiju size anything in a book, I'll be happy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like tardigrades are finally getting the recognition that they deserve because there was this, and then there was also Star Trek Discovery where there was like a giant space tardigrade who helped the ship navigate like you know yes. throughout the solar system it was great love it wasn't there <laughs> one in uh Ant-Man and the Wasp or was there something that was supposed yeah, to be like one? there no there there was it was like when when he was like shrinking down or something like that and like checking mm-hmm. out I oh man like there was so much cool visually in that movie and I'm I wish I could remember it all now it's it's been too long I need to go watch it again yeah, that's one of those that I feel like I I think I only watched that one once. I need to rewatch that movie. I have, I don't know I've that I have seen that watched several it. Times. it. It is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Oh. Ant Man and the Wasp. Like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I'm really I, like, sleeping on this. It's actually, then it's uh, a. <laughs> I thought it was a lot. I thought it was stronger than the first one. I feel like it was really funny, and I like that they let Scott be. A dad like I think that's when he's mm-hmm. best is when he's actually just being a goofy dad <laughs> and um yeah it was it was nice and I also I just I liked how it was not afraid to just be a little bit weirder and different mm-hmm. and you know and, and ultimately like it wasn't so much about fighting a bad guy as it was saving a person who was suffering and then also making sure that Scott could be a good dad for his kid yeah, it's a it's a good story. I just love the fact, like the visuals in that are so cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> We're looking at the picture of the giant tardigrade now. That's amazing. Yeah, Jessica's showing it off. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Of course, the the visual from the from Ant Man and the Wasp that sticks out to me the most is just like when the wasp is running on the knife that gets thrown at her. That yeah, that, that cool. sequence is so cool. I loved that part. Well, and like Randall Park as Jimmy Woo, and then they brought him back for WandaVision. And one of my favorite things is that at the end, he was working on close-up magic because he had seen Scott doing it. Yes. And then in WandaVision, it shows that he's actually learned how to do like, you know, sleight of hand card tricks, <laughs> which was yes. great. <laughs> the, the building of characters is phenomenal. <sighs> so They've been like, doing a really so nice job with it for sure. Mm-hmm. You just get all those little yeah. nibbles. Uh-huh. That's why there's just all those just little things sprinkled in, and they don't try and, like, hit you over the head with them. It's just like, if you've seen this other thing, here's a little fun thing for you to notice. And it's yeah, always exactly. so much fun. Also, speaking of things that, you know, we're just peppered in and that are going to pay off, like, I love the shout-out to Jake and, you know, and by proxy, <laughs> Jesus yes. from Spectales. Very nice. Yes. Love it. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> I was just gonna say every single episode, I feel like we're on each other's shows. We always mention the thir- the third podcast. <laughs> we gotta keep it in the family. Yeah, well, we got we got to throw in a mention for Dear Watchers then, because they're like our BFFs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like I mean, it's funny how there's a there's a core group of shows that we're just we always feel like we're interacting with, and and it's you and it's Spectales and comic book couples counseling and dear watchers and then you know there, there's a larger there's a larger group but like that's the inner circle oh 88 miles per hour i can't forget them either we love them 
but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there's so many fun people just within the comic book nerd community. So much fun just to get to know each one of them. And everyone's show is very different. So if you like one of them, you'll like the other as well because it's going to be different. Yeah. And the SJW book club too. Don't forget them because they are oh, awesome. Oh yeah. They're, they're wonderful. I mean like there are all these shows that are, that are focused on the, like in the Venn diagram, the miasma that like everyone <laughs> overlaps into is comic books. But then yes. all of us kind of like have our own thing and it's a lot of fun. And honestly, like I love how all of these shows are so positive and and just you know supportive of each other and i mean multiverse of badness they're a blast to hang out with um there's i know i'm forgetting others and i apologize if you guys hear this and i didn't mention you because i love interacting with everybody on a daily basis on twitter you're just gonna get a bunch of sad faces in your inbox i say your I mean, inbox i just don't it check it i'm sorry everyone mike <laughs> checks the social medias please just know this <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's a reason that I work in customer service. It's because I'm sociopathic and I just don't have feelings. So <laughs> I go. work in social services. I have too many. <laughs> there you go. You, ba you balance each other out. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, getting back on topic, what's your uh, what's your second one? Recently, I had a friend that literally we've been friends since he was born. I'm a year older. Like our families knew each other. So friends for a very long time. He messaged me out of the blue and was like, hey, my mom found a like a box of comics that she had bought randomly in 2015 that she never gave to us. Do you want to look through them and and take whatever? I was like, of course, because free books all the time. Yes, please. So I I show up to one of our game nights and he brings the box and I'm flipping through. It's not a ton. She had bought like two uh, like blind mini collections on eBay for super cheap, right? Just random books. None of them are in astonishing condition. But so I'm flipping through, finding some interesting things. And one of the books that stands out is a is issue 26 of Venom Volume 2. And this is, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think, yeah, Colin Bunn has taken over the Venom series at this point. And it's the oh, it's one of the parts to the minimum carnage storyline. And this was the final issue that I needed to complete Venom Volume 2's run that that I needed for like three years, but I had recently found it in a comic shop maybe like two months prior. So my friend's mom had the issue that I needed for three years sitting in a box in her house since 2015. What? That's so cool. Like, that's such a... <laughs> I love it when that stuff pays off, man. I I was like, are you kidding me? So I, of course, I kept Wait. that issue because that's just too fun of a story. But I had already had it. Like, I already found it. I was it. just going to say you already found it, though. Oh, that's Yes. I, I found it. I found it at my LCS like two months prior. But oh. I, but now I have two copies and I, I love them both very much. But so that's not my book for the recent read because I, in that same collection... I love weird stories. I love like um, tokusatsu storylines. I love Power Rangers, Big Bad Beetleborgs, Ronin War, like all that stuff. And within one of these boxes was issue one of uh, Battle of the Planets. And 
You have been so excited about this. Right? It's so cool. I freaking loved, I loved the cover so much because it's, it's so strange. They're like, they're dressed as like bird people and then they fight giant monsters and they're, they're part of this team called the G force or the gotcha men, depending on like what you're reading. And of course they're teenagers that have to, they are trained to fight these giant monsters and so, of course, I had to read this issue, and it was released from Top Cow in 2002, and I loved the first issue so much. It is surprisingly well-written, and it has a, a Madam President in it, and so I was like, 2002, that's, that's pretty good for 2002, having a Madam President, and she's actually still my very- heart. Right. And she's funny because somebody says something somewhat misogynistic and then apologizes to her. And then she basically says, yeah, I got used to everyone being this way. It doesn't phase me anymore. And just continues on with her day type of situation. Did so I'm curious. um, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. um, But I I was wondering, is this something that uh, I think it was Dreamwave Studios did? Because they were working with Image a lot at this point in time. And they were doing a lot of kind of like anime, cartoon-based comics. I know that when this was published as a trade, it was under the banner of like Image slash Top Cow. Okay. But I like I don't know too much more about kind of that time frame because... Yeah, I, I don't know too much more information other than I read this and I had so much fun and I went to my LCS. They didn't have the trades. So now I am going to be buying uh, the volumes online because they're super inexpensive. They're just a few bucks, but I need to read this story. That's really cool. Like, that's super cool. And I, I just looked it up. There's so many variant covers for this. It's really neat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I So the the people that did the variants, too, like... Um, J. Scott Campbell did the variant that I own. Then there's a Michael Turner cover, which I am obsessed with, which I need. There's an Alex Ross cover because he was also, what was he? So he did the, the main cover, the A cover for it, but he was also like the lead editor or, or something like that. He was kind of in charge of the book as a whole. And then mm. there's also a Mark Silvestri cover. Like, like oh. the people that did the covers for this book are just like, like it's stacked of yeah. talent. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. so, cause I mean, yeah, like I've never watched the cartoon that it was based on, but it, like it always gave me kind of like Power Ranger, um, mm-hmm. Voltron vibes. Yes. Like, but sillier costumes. Yes. You are a hundred percent correct. Okay. Yeah, I didn't ever watch it either. I don't even recall like seeing snippets of it, so I can't even speak to it. Sadly, sadly, now I want to. Like, I think I saw it on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim or something like that being advertised, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and it's it's one of those shows that I wasn't obsessed with it as a kid, but I enjoyed watching it. I didn't watch a ton of it, but it you're right, it falls under the same vein as like Power Rangers, which is a true obsession of mine. So if Power Rangers wasn't on, of course, I had to watch the next best thing at the time. Jessica was a a big Power Ranger fan, I think. I was just a little bit too old for it when it came out. 
Yeah, my mom hated it. I don't know why. She, she said that she didn't like that the villain was dubbed. And I was like, that's a stupid reason not to like something. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I remember oh babysitting all the neighborhood kids and all the boys loved it. And I was like, whatever. It's, I'm like, literally every episode is the same. I'm like, whatever, fine. Throw it on. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> like, you're not fine. wrong. You're not but, wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong, but I loved it. I mean. Yeah. I will Fun. say the comic series for Power Rangers by uh, Boom Studios, phenomenal. Absolutely oh. incredible. I have yet to come across anything that Boom has put out that I do not like. Like everything that they've done, everything that I've read from them is great. That's legit. Boom though. crushes it. Yeah. Boom is phenomenal. Jessica, if you like Power Rangers, read the comic because. Oh. They they did this thing where they had Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which uh, I think it came out in like 2016, and it's it they did like 55 issues of that, and then partway through that run, they started a Go Go Power Ranger series. Kyle Higgins is the one that started Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Kyle Higgins did that one, and I believe Kyle Higgins is also doing Radiant Black right now. Oh. Mm, yeah and that's got some very power rangers vibes to it too a hundred percent and then ryan parrott started the go go power rangers run which was like a prequel kind of thing to mighty morphin and so the the series does a great job of like diving into more of the story behind each character and it's very like heartfelt and it, it is just story driven it's not just like monster of the week it is a fluid narrative which plays with the mythos of Power Rangers in a way that it's able to introduce new ideas that are exciting. And I have had multiple episodes just about Power Rangers on Comic Book Keepers because I'm obsessed with it. And so I will always champion that series because it is so good. It is an aged up version of Power Rangers that my, people my age, like 30 plus, you can enjoy Power Rangers again sold wasn't there wasn't there also a crossover between ninja turtles and power rangers where they like ended up mashing oh. them up at one point it was like oh, shredder and the green yes. power ranger i think there was yes, yeah they, they did and we had an episode all about that crossover i thought you did i thought i saw that yeah. in your catalog yes it is there and i also and i own the green ranger shredder mashup figure that the lightning collection put out what yes it is if you are a fan of teenage mutant ninja turtles or power rangers the series is phenomenal if you are a fan of both it is the greatest just like turn off your brain and just enjoy the the nostalgia fueled epic story that you are about to read because there are so many easter eggs in that comic for the fans that it is ridiculously fun so good that's awesome. I so for for me, the crossover that was like that was the Masters of the Universe and Thundercats. Oh, so interesting that you mentioned that one. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? Just just <laughs> listeners might want to uh, check that one out relatively soon. Oh, mm. sorry, spoilers. No, no, <laughs> I loved. I we're dr- just dropping little hints here and there, but yeah, that is that is going to be our next Crisis on Infinite Earths or Crisis on Infinite crossovers episode. 
because I oh, love that nice. art and I love both those franchises. So I am so excited to review that story. Looking to drop an Easter eggs. What are we, Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> I wish because then I could probably pay off my student loans. Lord, God, right? right? What student loans at that point? <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of coming to a close here, as sad as that is, because this has been so much fun. Is there any last minute things that you want to bring up that like storylines that people should be reading? Or do you feel, where do you feel like you feel good with what you've recommended? Or is there one more thing you want to mention really quick? I mean, I will sing the praises of Dark Knights of Steel, you know, yes, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But yes. <laughs> um, But yeah, that's... uh. That that is that is a comic that is excellent. I love Tom Taylor's writing. Uh, Danielle, I'm pulling from memory, so I might get the name wrong. But uh, is it Danielle De De Nicolo that's doing the art? So it's Yasmin Putri. So that's who it is. Um. So yeah. So Yasmin Putri's art is like just so good, and it's so painterly, and it's one of the few series that I've actually actively sought out variant covers for because the first few issues, it was like cardstock covers where they had character sheets from like yes. a tabletop RPG with like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. And then Brian, our, the owner of our local comic shop, he actually like grabbed the second print of, I think number four, because he was like, Oh, it's got Harley Quinn's character sheet. I figured you'd probably want that. I'm like, it's almost like, you know me, sir. Um, but no, it's, <laughs> it's great. I love, I love how it is taking a lot of elements that feel they feel very familiar at first and then spinning them in ways that I genuinely did not see coming. And, and I don't want to give too many twists away, but like, you know, um, I love how Batman is basically running the spy network for Superman's kingdom. And and I love that John Constantine is a mystic advisor and the most recent episode or the most recent issue had a really heartbreaking moment with John Constantine talking about someone that he couldn't save. And I really loved it. Like, I love all this stuff. And I, I like how like all the, the neat little twists that they're doing with the characters are just stacking up in ways that are really cool. Yeah. Tom Taylor's a genius. No one should be that talented and seemingly that nice. I'm I'm mad about it. <laughs> I'm just sad that he, because I, I believe he signed an exclusive with DC moving forward. And mm. I have had so much fun reading Dark Ages from Marvel. Dark Ages was a blast too. Oh my that gosh. Was, that was again, really fun. And I like that he wasn't afraid to kill off characters when he needed to. Exactly. So good. I don't know, Jessica, anything, uh, Anything sticking in your head? Oh, what else? What else? Something is killing the children is absolutely good. And I know we kind of touched on it earlier and also, also great. So if you haven't checked that out, it's again, it's a little dark, but I go a little dark sometimes. That's just, mm -hmm. it's just who I am. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Thank you so much for having us on the show too. Like we really appreciate it. We were thrilled to be asked to come on here. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. It's been a great time. I had so much fun joining both of you for your episode. So I, as soon as we finished recording for your show months ago, I knew I wanted to have you on my like our show just because it's always so much fun talking with both of you. We talk 
almost constantly on social media, kind of back and forth. So it's nice to just put those conversations into a audio media just so everyone else can can listen up. We are funny and charming, damn it, and you all need to appreciate us. <laughs> We're not trash goblins at all. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so b- before we wrap up, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on social media? Yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as Tencent Takes. That is 10 spelled out. Um, we are available on every podcast audio platform except for Spotify because we are extra salty and we don't want to give them any profit tied to us after they have actively promoted vaccine disinformation voices. I cannot like champion your show enough. It's so much fun. Every episode, I listen to it almost immediately on my drive to work. And I, it's, I love it. It's super fun. And it's just great to know that the people behind that podcast are also amazing people. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What are you trying to make me cry over here? Oh, good well, Lord. Maybe. Yes. It makes for good podcasting. Do you not just hear us talking about how we're trash goblins? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I literally cackled into a microphone and you're still complimenting us. I, what's going on here? <laughs> I love the, I love the cackle. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to clip your cackle and put it as a post credit scene <laughs> at the end of this episode. Amazing. And you could pick any number of them. I mean, I'm I just pretty constantly <laughs> cackling. I, I might might make a compilation. We will find out. Excellent. Ooh, there could be a song and dance that goes with this whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we recorded an episode last night and I don't remember was it I just sat there and said like pew 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 and you were like I'm gonna I'm gonna use that instead of the uh instead of the, the oboe sounds and I'm like well we stopped recording already so sorry <laughs> <laughs> overridden sorry it's time to close the book on this episode of what are you reading so until next time this is Lance and Jessica with a K and your favorite trash goblin Mike reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer I, I might might make a compilation. We will find out. No. <laughs> <laughs>